0: I got to give it to you that's when explained like that that is probably the first time the political correctness stuff has been explained to me and it's made me go that actually welcome
1: to the podcast my guest today is the delightful comedian michael schaefer michael's a talented guy he finished high school ranked in the top 0.05 percent of his state he then went on to study law and biomedicine he finished those degrees and then ditched it all to become a stand-up comedian he's been performing for about eight years and is also a writer for the project on channel 10 michael's been diagnosed with testicular cancer twice and he's beaten it twice He dedicated his entire 2019 Melbourne International Comedy Festival show to raising awareness about testicular cancer. His entire hour on stage at a comedy festival was about his battles with cancer. I'm always impressed when people are able to bring lightness to a dark place. You gotta have big ball for that. Enjoy the episode.
0: I always like saw class clowns and I saw like people doing naughty shit and gone... That's funny, but I can't do that. You are always, like, adjacent to it. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. I was very much adjacent to it. Um, I wanted to do it, but I didn't have the balls to do it for a couple of reasons, mainly, actually, at school because my brother had, like... Built this reputation of being like, you know, you was school captain and he was a good dude. So uh. I felt like I had to live up to. That. And then when I worked in corporate sales, I worked at the same company as my dad, and my dad was like this esteemed dude in the company. So I had to be this like very well behaved person. Did you feel like you had to be that to protect their reputations, or did you feel like you had to be that because you wanted because you wanted to be there? Well, probably both. Because yeah. like I look up to my brother and my dad. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't speak for you, but I wonder if it's like now that you're, you've broken out of your, um, you know, you're not doing your, you're not doing more, even though you you did it, you decided not to do it. Yes. You decided to do your own thing, which isn't really, um, I don't want to say respected, but it's not really like understood by our community. (laughs) I would say
2: not respected. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. But like, I mean the
2: joke I told about like elderly Jewish people coming to my show and being like why isn't he a doctor it's is, I it's exactly the mindset though it is it is. that's it the mindset of not just them but like just like everyone
0: pretty much everyone but unless there, you're maybe like 21 but is there something in you now that's like alright well now that I am doing my own thing I want to see how far I can push it yeah 100% well, yeah. I'm
2: kind of like I'm committed now I'm kind of all in I'm out on stage every night of the year like gigging stuff gigging and trying like I don't have just 50 minutes of like honed material with callbacks of and course stuff. Not. No, of course not. <laughs> you know, just by like doing
0: a ones and being like, "Oh yeah, that's fine." That um, that willingness to work to the degree that you work, I think is something that's very misunderstood. Actually, sorry, just before I continue. <laughs> where am I taking you? Oh yeah, well you're, you're I was like you're heading
2: in the right direction. I well, was kinda... I was
0: I was going in that direction and I'm like, "I should probably <laughs> Cause, <laughs> I was like, you know,
2: he's fucking nailing it already. I, right? was, yeah. I was
0: talking to you. I was lasting conversation. Just turn left to Danny right when you get there. That it. willingness to, like I would say, work really fucking hard and do as many gigs as you can, either per night or per week or however you, you manage it, mm. um, I think that's something that's very misunderstood about like the life of a comedian. And, oh, yeah. And um, when I was chatting with Lewis the other night, he actually brought you up about... Um, you used to go Both of you used to do gigs Or maybe you still do At a Shisha bar I
2: knew you were about to say that <laughs> That is so funny yeah. Mr. Shafiq uh, With Mr. Shafiq He used to <laughs> in the front row And he followed me on Facebook after that Yeah And uh, he sends me messages every now and again Which is very funny <laughs> Yeah yeah I mean but, Lewis used to do that gig all the time fucked awful gig But like Yeah Man I learned so much doing that gig at Springvale To just like You know <laughs> Just Arabs Who were just staring at me, smoking their shisha, 95% men, like, just, like, hardly any women in the crowd. Right. And they are all just like, you better fucking be funny. And, like, you know, it was really funny also doing Jewish material in that vibe. (laughs) It was really, because, like, I felt like, oh, there's, it felt
0: like, you know, I was pushing boundaries there doing that material there. Did they, like, I mean, (laughs) doing Jewish Jewish jokes in that environment, first off, did they get it? Yeah, they so do. They, they oh, absolutely. To, yeah, okay. absolutely. Arabs understand Arabs and Jews like we know each other well. True. True. <laughs> True. I mean, like, it, uh, well, because Lewis said you had to you had to adjust your name to Michael Shafar to be
2: yeah. more <laughs> relatable. I go to Michael Shafar and they're like, "Is that <laughs> is that because I sound more Arabic if I if you call Shafar of Shafer?" Oh, uh, that's cold. So funny. Yeah. Well, I so I used to. I mean, speaking of working out, I used to like. Do like open mics? It was on a Tuesday night. It was at nine PM. Mm. So I'll do the open mics in the north side. So I drive to you know Brunswick, Fitzroy, whatever. Do like two or three gigs there when I, when I could. Yeah. And then I would then afterwards I would drive, you know, forty five minutes in that direction down you know the freeway, and uh, do that gig in Springvale. And just to, just a bomb. Ten left. I think yeah. I'm going to keep going. Just to, a,
0: just to avoid fast roads and bad audio. How many gigs do you reckon you've done? Because you've been going for, what, like, seven, eight years? This is... Uh, I'll be coming up to my seventh year. Okay. Um,
2: it's so hard to say. I mean, thousands of gigs. Yeah. Thousands of gigs. You know, from, you know, two men and a dog in the back of a Vietnamese restaurant to, like, you know, theatres and stuff. Like, I think I've done
0: the whole I think I've done the whole spectrum of gigs I heard you say in an interview that political correctness is good for comedy yeah you? I think so that threw me a little bit
2: how it's a. It's something that I've, I've realised is true hmm. because I'll, I'll explain to you so think about a, think of a comedian like um, Anthony Jeselnik okay Or do you know Anthony Jeselnik stuff I, I know the name no, I don't know if I do you, you know Bill Burr's stuff yeah let's use him as our example yeah So, Bill Burr is... This is my understanding of Bill Burr. I think he's one of my favourite comedians. Okay. And I think about, you know, why is he so popular and so attractive? And it's because he has material that many people say is politically incorrect. Mm -hmm. In the sense that, you know, he talks about very taboo topics. He takes perspectives on issues and stances on issues that are very politically incorrect. Right. And that creates a lot of... Popularity for his comedy, because he's not trying to be politically correct, he's deliberately just expressing his own views, and they happen to be very much politically incorrect. Sure. So, without political correctness, he's got nothing to rebel against. Okay. The only reason he's politically incorrect is because of the existence of political correctness. Right. Does that make sense? It does,
0: it does, but...
2: If there was no political correctness, and everyone was just, like, happy to say... There was no, And everyone just took no offence at anything. Yeah. Bill Burr's comedy, basically, wouldn't
0: exist. True. I mean, along the same train of thought, like, if the speed limit wasn't 60 kilometres an hour, I wouldn't be able to speed. Exactly. That's exactly my point.
2: Which... Speeding wouldn't exist if there were no speed limits.
0: True. But, like, with that line of, like, should it be 60 here, or should it be 40, or should it be 80, I mean, that's the... You've that's, created a fantastic analogy <laughs> you now to say of, like that.
2: Thank you. That's the, a beautiful analogy. Thank you. Was, Such a beautiful analogy. I Had
0: a Red Bull before but <laughs> <I'm> on. <laughs> no, You are fucking
2: firing all the I mean, if that doesn't get this viral, I don't know what will. <laughs> that's a great. I mean, I, so I think that's that's my that's my starting position with political correctness. Is that yes. it's good because it creates the existence of political incorrectness just yes. by definition. Mm-hmm. But also, I I understand that um, because of political correctness, there are some jokes that now are no longer fun. Okay. You know, particularly, I think, jokes that, you know, persecute a minority and those who are traditionally been disempowered, Yes. people will not laugh at that. Sure. And I think that's also good for comedy. I genuinely think that's also good for comedy. Some people say that's bad for comedy. Mm-hmm. I think it's good. I think it forces you to be a better comedian. Okay. Because I think it forces you, it, when there's more hoops and, like, boundaries and stuff you got to jump around, Yes. the best comedians will work out a way to get over those hurdles yes. and still talk about those topics and still make you laugh at them. yes. Whereas the shitty comedians will complain and say political correctness is killing comedy. That's my understanding of the situation. So that's why I think it's better for two reasons. Mm. Firstly, the existence of political correctness means that you can be politically incorrect and create an audience of people who want that type of comedy. Sure. And on top of that, if you do it well, you can actually do it in a way that isn't actually crook or mean or demeaning or degrading it, and is actually doing good for the world despite it being politically
0: incorrect that's very inspiring okay. that, that, that isn't that's very very inspiring because do you agree with that stance or do you disagree with that I absolutely agree with that stance okay. there's a YouTuber who um, doesn't earn any ad revenue from his videos which is often like a starting point of income for a YouTuber sure so then he had to get like very creative on how he would get brands involved and brands to spend more or basically pay more money at an earlier stage in his career and like when i learned more about i'm like fuck that's genius like he wouldn't have had to get creative if he wasn't if he didn't have these limitations Hmm. already set on him and i and i think that's that's a very big deal like when when um when, yeah, when there are limitations, it leads to more creativity.
2: 100%. Like, I just think that, like, mm. some people look at those limits and rules as, you know, hurdles that just stifle creativity. But the attitude really should be, okay, we're all, everyone's dealing with this. Yeah. If you work out a way to, you know, circumnavigate it, you're going to
0: do very well. So it's actually, an opp- it's more of an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah i got to g- give it to you. That's When explained like that, that is probably the first time the political correctness stuff has been explained to me and it's made me go, that actually clicks. I've got jokes around the Holocaust. Holocaust yeah. survivors being the grandson of Holocaust survivors.
2: Mm. And it's politically incorrect to talk about the Holocaust in the context of stand-up comedy. Mm. Everyone would say that's a politically incorrect starting position. Yeah. So, But I'm still doing the jokes. I'm just finding a way to do them that still... Gives people the opportunity to laugh if feel comfortable laughing at it So you know, if I do a joke about a Holocaust survivor walking out of my show, mm. the joke is me feeling so ashamed that this lady could endure the Holocaust but couldn't endure my comedy. Yeah, you know, I was like, yeah. I'm talking about a Holocaust survivor, which is very politically incorrect, but I'm clearly making fun of myself in that joke. Yeah, and as a result, the audience laughs because yeah. they're like, oh, he's. And so there's a bit. Of, the reason why that joke gets a good pop in the show is because there's a lot of tension in the room when you start talking about the Holocaust and the, yes. and the other reason that tension exists is because of political correctness so yes. you create all this tension in the room but if you can release that tension you get a huge laugh mm. so without political correctness I wouldn't even have that tension existing in the room and as a result I wouldn't get a big laugh
0: that, that makes total sense Does that makes total sense that's like I it's feel a, like I'm getting like heary around comedy here but it, well it, it I think makes, about this all the time
2: I tell you I, of course then again like I and I said it in the room tonight that I do a joke about you know People being worried about a small percentage of Muslims being dangerous, and they're the same people who still send their kids to Catholic school. <laughs> yeah. That's a very politically incorrect statement to say. I'm joke. making a joke about, you know, I'm making a joke about institutional yep. sex offenders. Yeah. Right? But <laughs> I, I and the re- and that creates a lot of tension in the room because all of a sudden you brought up that topic, and for the t- I'm like, oh fuck, where's this gonna go? Yeah. And I even say that, I'm like, it's pretty tense right now, isn't it? And everyone, and just saying that everyone's like, yeah, fucking tense. <laughs> But then I get a really big laugh when I when I explain, like, my thinking around it. And the only reason you get that big laugh is because everyone was so
0: tense at the start performance. So you're like outside of being a comedian you're just very skilled in teasing people you're kind of daddy like there's a there's a there's an element to that my favourite thing in comedy is when you say something and you know
2: everyone's real tense yeah but then you get them to laugh nonetheless brilliant that's my favourite thing in comedy Really. and I think I only started doing that after I had to do my cancer show like two years ago because mm. like I had to do a show about getting cancer because it was my entire life experience. Yeah. So the whole sh- that whole show was tense. Yeah. That whole show was just cancer, cancer, cancer. The whole show was about death and dying and all that shit. And so it's like, well, there was so much tension in that room,
0: so I just had to learn how to break tension. And it's like the more tension there is. Bigger potential pay. Bigger, potential, the, bigger the chance there is for it to bomb and be <laughs> awful. <laughs> yeah. Let's not forget, there's yeah. there's, a,
2: there's a huge risk. You could bomb. People could get offended. People could get very upset. But and that's the risk you take. But then you also have the
0: chance of a huge laugh as well. So
2: it's just like risky
0: comedy. I've got to bring it up. It's like the uh, the. Well it's not an elephant In the room But it is something I'm just very curious To know about It's like mm. this This whole living With one testicle thing
2: <laughs>
0: like, I was like I actually don't know Where this question is yeah, going like, You're like you got to bring it up What are you
2: What are you to bring up I can see the concern In your face Because <laughs> What for, do you know Do you want a slideshow
0: What can, what can I do <laughs> what, what can I answer For me For me personally my God.
2: <laughs> Are you a huge cunt? Us too. Wait, can we even say cunt? Of course, it's empowering these days. Cunt, 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 cunt. cunt. I'm Ange Ballasone, aka the Drag Queen Fat Girl Gina, and I'm Mike Fails, just a normal gay guy, I guess. And we're the hosts of the Big Cunt couch a gorgeous new talk show podcast where we invite queers and peers to sit bitch and be fierce on a huge ass couch while we gab about all things gay so come get cozy and with us we're pan for platforms so find us anywhere online and get listening sweetie or watching or both otherwise why the hell am i in full drag and we'll see you on the big oh wait i thought we were gonna say that together no on
1: the big couch
2: I just enjoy I... <laughs> having two, so all I've really known.
0: I'm very familiar with both of my testing. Yes, 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 yes. And if I was to lose one, I feel like I would lose part of myself. Oh, really? I f- I'm very connected to my balls. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. Like, like I, I literally, through like, literally, the right connected <laughs> tissue and <laughs> cells and stuff. Yeah. But I, I don't mean that in like, I, I know that sounds funny, but Quite like, it's, it's a, it's a, I don't know why. It's, interesting. maybe, maybe it's a... Maybe it's an insecurity thing. It's like, well, these are my testicles. This is what I. This is me. And I've been complimented on my testicles. So it's like, well, well, I don't want to lose that nice feedback that I'm getting. And I'm not. I'm also not saying this to make you feel bad. No, but no, like, no, it doesn't at all. But like, that, sh- like, the f- pure physical. Yeah. Did the pure physical thing bother you? No, not at all. But I, okay.
2: I, I'm probably saying that from someone. Who's been in a long-term relationship, like, his whole life. So, if I was a a young guy who was out in the town and, you know, know, single and, you know, meeting women and stuff, then I think it would be something I would think about and it might affect my life. Sure. But, yeah, fortunately, like, I've just got a long-term girlfriend, so, like, we're kind of stuck together anyway, so. (laughs) She just has to get used to me having one testicle. My view has always been, I I tried to write comedy around this, but... My view has always been that the, the male genitals are truly the most disgusting part of the male anatomy. Okay. So really less is more down there in my, in my, opinion. personally, I would like to get rid of everything, but, uh, doctors say that's, uh, really bad. And so, uh, I've never felt like I've missed anything by losing a testicle. Mm. Um, I think a lot of men define their masculinity through mm. their genitals, mm. you know, because of social constructs and stuff like that. Mm. But, uh. I think there's a lot more to masculinity than than your your penis and testicles, and I think when you uh, realize that, it it's very liberating. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's I only find it funny when you know because there's so many f- turns of phrase around balls and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, oh, this guy's got big balls, or something like. Like if someone says that to me, they'll like, to be like, "Oh, i mean, sorry, I mean you like you know like like one one what you got big balls. <laughs> <laughs> Does that answer your question? No, at all?
0: it does. It does answer my question. I think you answered it when you said um, there's more to masculinity than the physical. Yes, uh, I, 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 think, I would like to think so. Yeah, I think that's. Um, I mean, that's very mature. Do, it, when 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 crisis hits, it in, in any shape or form, whether it's like you get out of a relationship or you um, have cancer or any type of like life changing situation, uh, that's when there's a lot of opportunity to grow and all of that kind of stuff mm. in what ways do you feel like it's a pretty deep question but what, in what ways do you feel like you grew from the two times yeah. that you had cancer
2: I remind myself that like man I've been through some awful 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 traumatic times in my life mm. and as a result I should not be upset by small things okay do you know what I mean like yeah. I, I mean I can draw like more recent examples but like you know, like tonight, it wasn't a sold out show. Like I still had some diggers to sell. Okay, But I'm like, not like I would. I was a bit like, ugh, that's a moment I really want to sell it out. Fair. And then it's like, who gives a shit? Like, I'm not dead. Like I'm, I'm on stage, doing a show, and people are laughing and having a good time. Like, exactly, it's insane for me to be thinking.
0: Oh, so, so I had another twenty people in the room. You know, like
2: that's an insane, and in, in, incredibly short sighted. You know thing to think mm. and I catch myself with those thoughts Yes. now I think I'm much better at catching myself with those dumb thoughts and just being reminding myself you could so easily be dead and this could be so like you could not even have the strength to get out of bed sure. to, to do comedy so sure. um,
0: that's been useful I think for sure uh, that's that's powerful and I, th- I think that's quite a big takeaway from it I, 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 as you were saying that My friend, whose dad passed recently, um, came to mind. He he passed of of cancer. And um, something I noticed about him, like, he's been my friend for for quite a while, like, one of my best friends. Something I noticed about him was that his, uh, yeah, perspective on, like, the small stuff changed. Whereas, say, several years ago, he used to you know certain things used to be a bigger deal like you know you got a date with a girl and she cancels on you and then that ruins his week kind of thing whereas now it's like ah, he's, he's, uh, he's a lot more like maybe relaxed about life because he's experienced these periods where there yeah. was no relaxation um, so it's, it's just by, by perspective or contrast of like the good or the, the, the big deals and the not so big deals yeah, I mean, like,
2: suffering is just a part of,
0: you know, living.
2: And, you know, a lot of people <laughs> don't go through traumatic things in their lives. Yeah. for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of growth that happens. Mm. A lot of changes that happen, you know, when, when you do go through that. Again, like, I don't think I had a major change in my attitude or my life choices or anything. Yeah. But... Um, just a, it's nice to just constantly remind myself like to be grateful mm. to for the little things for the little wins just to you know there were days where I couldn't eat mm. so the camera was so bad I was just I couldn't eat so now I'm like sit down to eat a nice meal I'm like ah oh, fuck this is good shit like you know man <laughs> it's like I'm eating a steak I'm like fuck this is great yeah. like just that kind of stuff is um it's nice to I, again I'm not like some Zen I'm like you know, monk, but it's, um, it's something that I, I think, think about all the time during the day. Amazing. I have
0: a lot of, I have a lot of respect for that. So me and my girlfriend
2: went to the Gona service for a week for a holiday. Nice. And I was like, well, while I'm there, maybe I'll do a show in <laughs> Princeway. Sure. And boy, is she not happy about that. Uh, does she, does she come to your shows? <laughs> uh, well, she's coming on Tuesday. Yeah. Because like her cousins are coming Mm-hmm. So she's like, Oh god, my cousins hang out. Yeah. but like, I don't like her going to the shows. Okay, she doesn't like comedy. Okay, she's uh, I like getting her opinion on my but I try to keep her and my comedy
0: kind of separate. That's the, the reason why I ask because I find that very interesting. I've, I've started seeing a girl who um, I really like, but I think a big Reason why I like her is she's very different to me, and she doesn't give a shit about social media. right that's almost like uh, relieving, because at least in the part, like since I've been doing like the YouTube stuff, the the girls that I've seen have like like looked up to it. Whereas, um, and she's an archaeologist; she does not give a fuck. She cares about she has bones a healthy, and fossils. She has a
2: healthy disdain towards the shit that you do.
0: <laughs> almost, and I think that's Al- important in a relationship. Almost, yeah. Oh, I didn't know, but but apparently it's great. And it just—it's like, all right, well, this is my thing, and she does her thing, and
2: I think that's really good because I think when you're both talking about the same shit all the time, mm. and also like, I was like Amanda, like I'll tell Amanda about like something that's happening, you know, in my comedy career
0: or whatever, mm. and, and I'm like complaining about something, and she's like
2: this doesn't fucking matter.
0: Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, She'll bring it down to earth because like, you can get lost, not lost, but you can get caught up in Absolutely. The... She's
2: like a normal human being. And she's, like, <laughs>
0: yeah. and she's like, well, I don't think this matters, so this doesn't matter. Yes.
2: Whereas like, a comedian would be like, oh yeah, this is the biggest fucking deal ever, you got to deal with this. But she's like, this doesn't matter, just fucking move on with your fucking life. You mm. That perspective is really useful. So her being outside of the comedy world and having a healthy disdain towards it, mm. I think is really good for the relationship you should stick with this girl stick I, with i I'm gonna
0: see how this goes but it's uh, it's, uh, it's exciting because it's different <laughs> let's do a selfie um, I hope it goes well mate thank you that was mate, a pleasure thank you for the the lift uh, anytime let me know when this comes out yeah I'll um, I'll shoot you a message it'll be in the coming weeks <laughs> this was actually filmed back in April Sorry for the
1: delay, Michael. I think the thing that impresses me the most about Michael is his work ethic and perseverance. Regardless of the limitations that he encounters, he doesn't allow them to get in the way of his creativity. In fact, he uses limitations, like political correctness in comedy, to his advantage. The man gigs every night and works on mastering his craft. To me, that's what it's all about. See you next time.